Aren't you fed up with calling a business only to reach a voicemail, phone tree, automated system, or worse, someone who sounds busy, bored, or actually annoyed you are calling? I can't believe how many businesses we interact with spend money marketing to drive phone calls and then completely fail at handling those calls. A full-time assistant costs a lot of money, but at a fraction of the cost, Abby Connect provides businesses with a world-class, professional, and courteous team of receptionists specifically trained to take their calls. Based in the 24-7 city of Las Vegas, Abby Connect has been wowing business callers for over 13 years. No wonder they are the highest rated live receptionist service. For our listeners, Abby Connect is offering a no-obligation free, that's free, trial. And after your trial's over, our listeners will also receive $95 off their first bill, but only when you sign up at our special link, abbyconnect.com slash profit first. That's abbyconnect.com slash profit first. Sign up today to experience the difference. Let's get things kicked off. It's the Profit First Podcast. Here we go. Kels, I can hear you kind of singing in the background in my head. All right, my friends, you are listening to the Profit First Podcast. This is a show where we explore all elements of profitability. I am your host, Mike Michalowicz, and I'm joined out of studio with Kelsey Ayers. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, everybody. Oh, that came through nice and clear. And in the studio, our guest today, we've, we've swapped it out. Lynn Brown is here. Hi, Lynn. Hello, everyone. And one thing I didn't tell you is make sure you're always like two fingers away from the microphone. You actually did a good job. I should give that a heads up in advance. And you, listeners, here's the heads up I should give you in advance. In advance. You're in for an amazing episode. We're going to explore profitability in the home staging business. And I don't care if you're not a home stager. There is insights to be learned here. I had uh, Lynn and I went out to lunch this is maybe a month or two ago, and you were sharing some strategies on how to make a home staging business uh, profitable. I'm like, holy smanoli, you need to bring this stuff here. And so Lynn <laughs> made the trip down from somewhere outside the country to get here. Uh, Close. New York State. New York an State. hour and a half from the outside <laughs> the country. New York State, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, oh God, I'm doing the cuts wrong. I'm just kind of coming off like the wheels are falling off the bus a little bit. Kels, before I continue, why don't you tell folks where they can find us? Yes, everybody, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, hopefully Google Play, and ProfitFirstPodcast.com, or any podcatcher, anywhere. So I was trying to ask you before we kind of kicked off the show, what the hell is going on with your house? Like, you have a big book club coming to your house? Is that that why you took a day off? Is that why you decided not to come in? I know it's your usual day home. Yes, that's why I needed to be home, because... I, A, need to make my food for later, so it's a lot easier when I'm home and I can just monitor it. And now I'm super glad that I did because I had a little bit of an emergency in that I couldn't get my bathroom door to close. So I had put in, I installed new floors, right? And the, like, yeah. jam that I put in for the bathroom is higher than it was before. And I didn't realize it until this morning, and I went to put on the door, and now it wouldn't close. So That's thank God awesome. I was here. So that meant you might have had guests there with a bathroom that you can't close the door and you'd have to leave yes. the, you'd have to leave the door off so when people had to go piddle the door would be yes. off the hinges or it's like yes. college, it's like a commune here hold it oh yeah in, co- right, in college like Lynn was pointing out you have two people mm-hmm. go one person's holding the door but of course <laughs> yeah. right but for me in college cuz when guys had to do that it was always a joke the one friend who would hold the door, the second you started using the loo, he'd kick would the door wide it. open yeah. and run away. 
girls are a little bit. Yeah, girls, girls are way more cool. cruel. What was the best? What was the best prank ever done, Lynn, to you, or that you've seen done to someone else during the the college years? Oh, the saran wrap on the toilet. Oh, what's that? What's that? Really? That happened? That really happened. All six of oh, our toilets Christ. in our dorm room had saran wrap put on them. So when you went to pee on Friday night, when you got home, it didn't it actually overflow. go in the toilet. Really? That's a great. <laughs> what college was that? University of Iowa. University of Iowa. Never will be the same. Cal's best. <laughs> the best uh, prank you ever saw in the college age years. Um, somebody pooped outside of my <laughs> dorm mate's door. That, first of all, it's disgusting. Isn't that disgusting? That's disgusting. I will never forget it. Who does that? So I, I have the win. Yeah, who does that? I have the best prank ever. I don't even know if it's a prank. It's really a stunt. My uh, dorm room neighbor, we lived on the sixth floor of a co-ed dorm. The top floor, half of it was all male, and everyone else was female. Jamie uh, <laughs> got rappelling rope, <laughs> tied it to his bed, rappelled out the window, around midnight and starts knocking no. on people's windows like the fifth store up oh it's so creepy spider-man yeah and he's wearing these these old fat he, he put on a helmet from like uh, an, a pilot with the leather helmets the old-fashioned these goggles. and people start giving him food and stuff out the window it was hysterical that was the best it's really not a prank but stunt i've ever Fun. seen yeah yeah that's bold yeah, yeah. i did um Totally inappropriate. Maybe one day I'll, sh- I'll see if I can pull it up. I did a, something for the school newspaper cartoon. Totally inappropriate. And still, they still play, they still posted it. It was awesome. Um, okay, that being Wait, said. Wait, you tell us what you did? No, no, I'm going to save it for the future. That's a cliffhanger. <laughs> Listen, no one wants to listen to the show more than once. I'm trying to keep people locked in here. An open loop. Yeah, an open loop. I'm open looping. Open I'm an open looper. <laughs> and clearly, Kelsey had a neighbor who was a pooper. Um, <laughs> I see so, what you did there. That was great. Yeah, that is a rhyme. It's a rhyme. <laughs> hey, do we have any um, community shout-outs or anything? We sure do. This one comes from Yvonne Kroon from the Netherlands. Yvonne! Um, she's, yeah. <laughs> so she said since she started using Profit First over a year ago, she finally feels secure. There's hardly any stress anymore. For example, she went holiday, and everything is saved and paid in advance thanks to, thanks to Profit First. Yvonne, nicely Ooh-hoo. done. I was just out in Armisfort, uh, in in Dutchy land, just about a month ago. <laughs> That's what they call they call themselves Dutchies. That is not like my own term, Lynn. Do they All call right. it Dutchy land? They call it Dutchy land. I think they do call it Dutchy yeah. land. That actually, I don't. You know. think or they do? I think. I think. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know Kelsey. I don't know. Um, okay. So uh, before we kick things off, I do want to thank our corporate partners who make this show a reality. You know who they are by now. It's Receipt Bank, um, who we're actually going to be doing some articles with and some Facebook Live posts with. By the time this goes live, this podcast, the Receipt Bank Facebook Lives will already happened. But we're kind of stepping up ways to partner with them and and kind of explore more what they're doing. Uh, Next, Eva, voiceover IP phone system. Do you have a next? Love it. Oh, you have one. Love it. (laughs) How long? Tell me about this. How long have you had a next Eva phone system? Uh, Since right after I joined. So that would be 2015. Good. Um, you know what I do? I have all my coaching calls on it, so yeah. they're all recorded. Oh, isn't that so great? Yeah. Both for me and for my customers. So when I have my coaching calls with my mentors, yeah. it's all recorded. I don't have to take notes, and then they don't have to take notes, my clients, because I just send them a link. Oh, my God. And it's oh, so great. Yeah. And it's all included. It's all included. And how many phones do you have? One, two? I only have one, and then I use my iPhone app. So it, it's like so what, – what do you pay per month? Under 60. Under 60 a month, and it's a full – 
blown system, recording capabilities. I, yeah, we love it too. I love it. We have Xtiva. now, I think we have 20, yeah, 20 phones or something like that. So it's a little more than 60. But the first phone is more expensive. The second phone, each line's I think like 15 bucks or 20 bucks once you get the core system. Uh, and then last but certainly not least is Right Networks. Um, they're still sponsoring us, right? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, so whatever. Right Networks is awesome. Why is this on my show notes, Gal? I don't know. Because I maintain them myself. That's why. Because <laughs> I don't ask you to maintain my show notes. I'm going yeah, to ask you to start doing one. that. All right. Well, we love Right Networks. I know they were doing a short run with us, but we love them anyway. Um, okay. And then, so here's the deal. Thanks to our corporate partners. We'll give you more details on them later, even though we gave you some now. And we will be sharing our insights of what we learned today from Lynn, who is in studio. Uh, oh, and one last thing. Do we have a... Uh, we do. A uh, listener mail later on today? Okay. Okay. So we'll do some listener mail too today. All right, uh, let's get into the, the crux of our show today. It's about profitability, but specifically for home stagers. Her name is Linda Brown. I call her Lynn, and she is a profitologist. A profitologist. A profitologist. A profitologist, which sounds a little bit like a... <laughs> yes, it does, but that's it's much more yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what your friend needed that left that little pooper for surprise. Like. They needed that. They needed yeah. a profitologist. <laughs> um, Linda Brown is a profitologist that supports entrepreneurs on their journey of financial freedom and a prosperous life. She became interested in business at an early age and by sixth grade was helping her mother, who's an accountant, yes. uh, work on client financial books. In 2001, Lynn became disenchanted with corporate America and decided to retire and stay home with her newborn daughter and then start her magnificent business now. One thing you may not know about Lynn is as a young adult, she would water and uh, snow ski on the same day. Twice, twice a year. A year. How is that even possible, Lynn? A lot of driving. Uh, Wetsuit, actually dry suits. Wetsuits wouldn't handle it. So you were skiing on snow. Yeah. First thing in the morning, snow and rocks and mud. Yeah. And then you'd ram down to the lake and you'd put your dry suit on and you'd get behind a boat and you would break some ice. Boom. There we go. Well, everyone. Was it just you that did it or did a lot of people do uh, it? We had 10 of us that did it every year for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Awesome. Lynn, that's official now. Welcome to the show. Wow. Welcome. Yeah, we're Thank excited. You. That's cool. That is cool. Okay, so um, I wonder if that's a Guinness Book of World Records thing. Like, how many people do you need to go s snow skiing and water skiing on the same day to become a Guinness Book of World Record? I don't know, but I would assume California does it all the time. Probably. Wow. Not so up in north. You know, yeah. an hour and a half from Canada, probably not off. You, yeah. could, you could do it in Hawaii, actually, because Hawaii, I, I went up to... Uh, Haleakala, the mountain, Mount mm -hmm. Haleakala. Mm -hmm. At the very top, at a certain time of year, they get snow on the top. You know, skiing, I don't know, maybe it's 10 yards or 20 yards. Counts. Counts. Right, you're on skis, and then you go all the way down, and then you're in the ocean, and the temperature's down that far. could be, you know, the air temperature's maybe 90 degrees. Um, so I guess you could do it there, too. Yes, you could. But someone needs to coordinate yeah. this. That's how you get in the Guinness Book of World Records. The coordination. Right all right, so let's get into the coordination of making a profitable business. How? Do, why don't we? Let's do that. It's fun. So, first of all, we got to talk about profitologist. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I need a profitological uh, examination. So, uh, what what is profitology? Profitology. Well, an ologist is the study of. Okay. So, I study profit. Oh. So, I am a, I study profit. I'm a profitologist. Okay. But you, you're a profitologist specifically for the home staging community. Yes. How did... Why that community? That community for me is because most 
not all, but most homestagers actually start oh. as a second business, a career, a, mm. a sidearm. And when they begin to grow, they don't think necessarily about their need to make money. It just happens because they're enjoying it. And then they get to the point where like, oh, no, I'm working all the time and I have no money to show for it. Um, I actually started similar way, way, way back when, not with home staging, but with my own career and my husband's boat business. We never thought that we were actually going to do it full time. Wow. So I became aware, especially of mothers mm -hmm. who start this when their kids are young, that they needed some help. Cool. And maybe we'll move that mic just a little bit closer to the old two-finger rule. But tell me about this. Uh, we met up at that one event. I think it was Gail Dobby's event, actually. Yes. And I noticed when mm -hmm. I scanned the audience, it was that business is 99% women. There were yes, a few men is. in there. Very few. Why is it? Is it just it's a natural ta talent for women? Or wh why is it predominantly women, do you feel? Two reasons. One, yeah. I think that a lot more females have some type of creative gene in them, and they're trying to nest. So they're always trying to make their home more beautiful, and that yes. spreads out. So that's one reason. And the second reason is is when you start having these toddler get-togethers, and you bring another mother into your home, and they say, oh, my God, this house is beautiful. Can you help me do the same thing with my home? It just evolves. No. What's been the impact? Like I go on Pinterest all the time. Oh, I have an idea, by the way. Do you know how everyone has a man cave? Cool. Yeah. Right, they're cool. I'm thinking of having a fam cave <laughs> for my family. <laughs> well, Isn't that the living room? have to decorate that new home. Yeah, it's called a living room. <laughs> Kelsey, you're really, even remotely, you're an a-hole. Um, <laughs> well, no, actually, the living room is supposed to be the public room where the public comes in. Yeah. You really want a fam room. That's the family room. Family room. room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's what they said. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So um, tell me about how home staging is different, because you, you've worked with many industries. How is it different than other businesses, or maybe how is it the same? Well, it's the same. That it's a business, but right. it's very different that there are so many different aspects, and you can pick and choose and put together. So it's a jigsaw puzzle that no two individuals will actually put together hmm. the same. Meaning? Meaning. Yeah. We have furniture rentals. So some people don't own their own businesses, don't own their own furniture. They right. rent it to rent it. Right. Other businesses rent or own their furniture and then rent it out. Okay. Some people do design work virtually. Some do it in person. Yeah. Um, and then it all depends on how you're going to do your designing, if whether it's going to be lived-in homes or vacant homes or even mm. Airbnbs. Really, mm. home stagers do Airbnbs. Yes, they do. Yeah, that makes sense. Cal, did you hear that? Because you're going to Airbnb yeah. your place. You yeah. want to make it look beautiful in the pictures. Now, you want to be able to make it beautiful so you can sell your home. Now, I'm not a professional home stager, but I can give Kelsey a tip with her Airbnb. Why don't you have a door on your bathroom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just... Just I don't know. I think it could be like the nice trend. It, it makes it a little bit more of an anomaly, right? It, it does make it an anomaly. Yeah. You can put cellophane <laughs> over the toilet. <laughs> you can poop and right we'll on the poop floor. On the door. First visitor. <laughs> Pooping door. Yeah. I'll be the first and last visitor. So, so, so people are staging their Airbnbs. Yes. Now, is this just for photography or is this actually for use too? Um, the Airbnb ones. If you're decorating to sell a home, it's yeah. just pretty much for photography and walkthroughs. And walkthroughs, yep. Mm -hmm. um, but Airbnbs, people expect luxury when they go. Does this translate to other businesses? Because you're talking first impressions here, right? Yes. 
you know, what about a doctor's office or all these other professions? You're nodding your head. Tell me about that. Uh, usually not a home stager, usually an interior designer, but there are interior designers that specialize. I work with one that does dentist office. Yeah. All she does is de- goes in and decorates a dentist mm. office yeah. cool. around the country. So, yes, anything that you have to have a first impression, a lawyer's office, a doctor's office, um, even some schools are doing it so that when you walk into a building, you begin to feel comfortable. Okay. So now I want you to lay out your first edict as a profitologist to me when it comes to profit, driving profit. If I stage my, clearly there's a reason to stage homes. Mm-hmm. Does that drive product, bottom line profit and, and how if it does? Yes, it does. Because if you're staging a home to sell, it sells in less than half the time and usually closer to above asking price. Really? And this is this is like a national average or something? Yes. Okay. So so you're saying two identical homes, one staged, one just left to its own accord, that the one that's staged will sell in half the time and the at the the receiving price will be higher near yeah. asking price. What's the typical I don't know if you know this, but what's the typical discount people get off the asking price, meaning if it's not staged? Depends on where you are. Yeah. Some homes actually sell at a premium. Yeah, I guess it depends. And some are at a discount. It depends on your location. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So now let's talk about the home stagers themselves. Uh, if I'm a home stager uh, and I want to amp up the profitability for my business, mm-hmm. you gave me some killer tips over that Mexican meal we we're having. <laughs> Lay some of those <laughs> tips on me. Okay. So one of the tips for a home stager is you really need to watch your time because we all think about rental furniture, but very rarely do. Does a home stager professional actually look at the hours that they take to design and implement as well as the time that it takes their staff? Hmm. Because it's not just designing. You have to take the furniture out of storage. You have to move it. You have to load it in, make it look beautiful, and then go home. Yeah. And when you're done, you have to reverse that. Yeah. So what I'm finding is that many home stagers forget to account for all of the time and the staff and the trucks and the wear and tear and the gas and the tolls. What are they typically accounting for? Just the setup, so to speak, and not really the other stuff? Design time for them. Okay. And some usually the time that they're in the home setting up, but not the transporting to and from. That's, you know, that's a classic thing. And what Now, this is, maybe you don't know this, but what percentage do you feel is spent on design time and the setup, and what percentage of time is spent in the transportation uh, reassembly of stuff, dismantling? Depends on how you're doing it. Some of the designs are pretty easy and okay. e- easy. You know, they take down a bucket, they put it in, and they go. Yeah. But you can spend up to two hours, especially near a city, just driving across town. Right. So mm-hmm. you really have to account for that time in there. Right, because two hours of driving versus two hours of designing or two hours of staging, of staging at another place. Right. Wow, Okay. So, all right, so say you go, I know you work with many home stagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope any home stagers listening to the show call you to get some more of your advice. What do you do with them once they have this realization that they're not accounting for time, therefore not billing for it? How do you get them to profitability? I reverse engineer businesses. So we start with our bottom line. Okay. And then we start looking at what makes up the bottom line and takes the money out of the funnel. So I, most people, when they're coaches, they start with the top line. How much income's coming in? Right. I start on the bottom line and say, I'm not really not worried about where the income's coming in. I want to know where the income's going out. Right. So you. So we look at the bottom and work our way up. Okay. So you say, what's your intention for profitability? What kind of numbers are we looking to drive for you personally? You look at the, like you said, the expenses first and say, here's the cost we're going to incur. This is what we need to charge in order to make that bottom line a reality. Or 
cut the expenses one or, or cut the other. expenses okay oh a true profitologist <laughs> <laughs> as, as a uh, it's as quicker to cut expenses than it is to bring in income is uh, yeah okay okay let's talk about that most people that i talk to say okay I, mike i get it i need to cut expenses I didn't really appreciate the quicker parts. I want to learn about that. But also, some people think the only way to profitability is cutting expenses. But I'm hearing from you, well, hold on. you got to talk about income. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, expenses first. Why is that the quickest and easiest thing to do? Because it's what you have control of and it's what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's coming, if you're spending it now, the question is, do I need to spend it now? Yeah. Um, So that's what you can control right now. You can turn a switch off today where you cannot normally bring in a new customer today just because you decide you want more income. Got it. So you can you can cut expenses and you can defer expenses. You can defer, yes. Okay. And if I defer expenses, I afford myself a cash flow upside, right? Because I'm not spending the money now. Um, but also, I guess, because I wrote this about this in the book, tell me if you agree, that some expenses we defer and then we realize, ah, actually, I don't even really need that thing. Mm-hmm. What, for a home stager, what are some of the, the expenses that are unnecessary or could be deferred? Once again, it all depends on the business and okay. where you're located. Um, I had one that was doing about five or six thousand dollars a month on Google. What ads? Google ads. Mm. And really, what she needed was more mer- word of mouth and Facebook and Pinterest. Mm. Um, so she really needed to reallocate where her money was going. Another one, believe it or not, is staff. Do you really need to keep the staff on as much as they're on? Yeah, so are they doing, like, are they hiring people mm. full-time when really they just need them uh, kind of per project? Per diem, yes. Per diem, that's the word, yeah. Um, but will people work for per diem work, or is... A lot of them will. Yeah. Think about this. Once again, we're females, kids. The kids go to school. What does the mom do while the kids are at school? So w- we're working in getting a lot of other ho- mothers to go out and help with the design and the staging. Okay. And Kalos, we've experienced that, too, with Amy, right? Kels, did we lose you? You know, this this what sucks sorry, about. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, oh, did, did you did you start working on your that? house? <laughs> what? We're doing a freaking podcast, and you just drop <laughs> off and you start doing work on your house again. <laughs> no, there was construction right outside my window, so I muted myself. You live in the woods. You live in the woods. Did you hear, Lynn? <laughs> She That's thought what there I was feel like I've never heard construction outside of my house before, and all of a sudden, what, what's being constructed? Like I don't know. I'm scared to like stand up and walk away. You know? Yeah, because I'm gonna ask you a question. No. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Cause well, here's my question. You probably missed the whole thing. I asked no. about Lynn was explaining the flexibility of per diem, and actually, it's desired by some employees or maybe many. And she was talking about moms specifically. Right. And I said, we're kind of experiencing that with Amy and maybe some new potential people we're looking to bring on board. Right, right. And that's, I think, the beauty of um, per diem or even just being a consultant of sorts is you have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for us to hear you over all that feign construction going on. <laughs> Such a story. All right. Um, I'm, I'm kind of being jerky. I'm going to take pictures. Yeah, just a little. I I'm was going to say something, but you know, you and Kelsey have this I had a blood test today. Like, like I've had, Kelsey, I've had like four. I know. Four exams. So I got, here's the deal, Lynn. I got life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I was talking to uh, a, a financial expert time guy. He's like, you know, you really should have more life insurance. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I went for another policy with the same firm. And they said, oh, you need another exam because this is, 10 days later. It was literally 10 days later. Then 
I got another insurance policy. I just I want to do a whole life policy. I've always heard negative things about them, but now I'm thinking there's some protection mechanism, so I'm going to do whole life. I said, I just got this exam, I don't know, 14 weeks prior now, uh, and now I've had two. I'm like, can you take one of these? And they said, no. And then Kelsey, I got another exam today. Who, is, yeah. who the hell was that? Just just a random person off the street or something? <laughs> <laughs> that was for me. I just wanted to see how good your health was, to see where <laughs> oh, my job stood, you know? <laughs> You know, the more money that you're asking for health insurance, the more tests they have to do. It's unbelievable. Yes, it is. Really? Yeah. And here's I didn't he, realize that. Mm-hmm. I know we're diverging, but so as you do the exam, they start asking you questions. Do you have emphysema? Do you smoke? Do you blah, blah, blah. Every question they ask, I'm like, particularly in, in actions like smoking, I'm like, ooh, those are things I shouldn't do. They ask a lot about drinking. They say, do you drink? How often do you drink? What kind of drinks do you have? So I... I stopped drinking for about six to eight months, and now I'm like, yeah, when I want to, I'm doing about two beers a day, uh, two beers a day, I'm sorry, two beers a week, and uh, she's still kind of like, okay, all right, made a special note of that, so I'm thinking, maybe I should just rule out drinking again altogether. No, we're going to do margaritas next week. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right, we are. (laughs) Maybe two weeks from now, I will. All right, uh, I'm wasting valuable time here, so I want to talk more about home staging, cut expenses, but you said you can increase income. There's profit in income. Once you cut the unnecessary expenses and defer them, how do you additionally increase profit through income? I actually ha- have people looking at what they're charging. Yeah. So they're not actually getting more clients, but they're charging their value. Okay. Too often, it's like, hey, my neighbor's charging this, so I can't charge anything more than that. I'm like, why? Are you your neighbor? Right. Uh, what makes you special and unique? Work on that. So we work on pricing. Um, I had one woman charge four times as much after going back and forth on consulting. She's like, I'm never going to get this job. Yeah. Lo and behold, the quickest signature on that contract ever. She it went was four times, four what, she was times as what she was charging. Oh, my originally. God. Is that taking advantage of the client, though? I mean, she would have done it for one-fourth of that price. She would have lost money for one-fourth ah. of that price. Is it taking advantage of the client? No. Value, value, win, win client wants to sell the property she's very good at what she does and she had beautiful furniture brought in to do that so no she wasn't taking advantage yeah, the customer, it was a win-win i love it the customer's getting what they, they they expect and want she's the best at it she was just undervaluing herself she was yes and severely what and what i'm hearing is she was putting yeah. herself into a loss situation no profit which means she's not sustainable therefore one day she'd have to pull her services off the market because she can't afford to survive yeah exactly Think of the future customers. This this one client um, started working with me in October. Yeah. By the end of April, she had made her last year's gross income. Yeah. Doubled her profit for the year. Oh, my God. Did she send you a gift? (laughs) Actually, when I went and visited her new warehouse, I did get a gift. (laughs) Really? Did she call you her proctologist? Profitologist? You know what she called me? Her business therapist. (laughs) Oh, I like that better. (laughs) Because, you know, if you say that too quickly, like I say every word too quickly... When you say, introduce yourself you. and, and someone's like, oh, this is my profitologist, like people be like, oh, you don't really have to share that. Yes, I am a business therapist and a profitologist. I love it. Okay. So, you know, I, I had a conversation. I want to get your feedback on this. I had a conversation with someone recently that our clients want us to be profitable, but they'll never say those words. Meaning, could you imagine, Lynn, going to a client and saying, listen, uh, I'm going to charge very little I'm going broke. I I don't know how much longer I'll be in business. I desperately want to work with you, so I'll give you the cheapest price. Could you imagine saying those words? Because that's what the reality is. 
versus going to a client saying, I am charging uh, what I'm worth. I'm going to bring extraordinary value to your company. It is going to drive profitability for my business, which means I'm sustainable. I'll be around forever. I mean, mm-hmm. the client wants option two, and right? Well, the client wants option two to a limit. Okay, lay uh, that on me. All right. Client wants to know that you're profitable. <laughs> he wants you to, he or she wants yeah. you to look nice, have a good car, make money, but they don't want to feel like they're overpaying you. So if you're going off to Europe every week or every right. other week and you're doing this and you've got the $3 million homes mm-hmm. around the country, right. then they're like, well, am I just supporting a lifestyle? Right. So there's a happy medium. Right. So they want to see sustainability yeah. and comfort to a certain degree, but they don't want to be taken advantage of. Exactly. Is there a way to convey that as a home stager to, to show your value that, uh, that you do extraordinary things? How do, how do you show the customer, I'm delivering the value that you expect, and also I am sustainable, I'll be around? You take your industry average of your home sales, how long they take and where they are against asking price, yeah. and then the homes you stage what is the days on the market before an offer is made, and what's the percentage of the asking price? Oh, prove it with the numbers. <laughs> you prove with Dirty. the numbers. You're very dear. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And the numbers are out there. MLS, it's there. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So let me ask you about the home stagers that have been around for a while. I know mm-hmm. you've worked with some very established ones. Yes, I have. Are they more, more difficult to convince and to drive toward profitability? I'm not want to say they're more difficult to convince. Um, depending upon the business, yeah. unfortunately, tax advisors are meant to minimize your taxes. So if right. you have a CPA who's a tax advisor, your business might not be set up for mm. transition. Gotcha. So what's going on with this, these type of clients, the ones that are more established, is let's make your business sellable. So I have a client out in California who has about $4 million worth wow. of staging furniture. Okay. Her balance sheet is zero. Duh. So when she goes to sell a business, what bank is going to give her any her purchasers money for a loan when, when she owns zero, nothing? Even though she has $4 million of assets. So it's been working with not only working with the individual stagers themselves, but with their CPAs and tax advisors getting their books so that they can go forward, whether they bring on a partner, need a loan, or want to sell the business in the future. See, that's, that's the power that's the power of you're not just not quote unquote just a profit consultant. That's the extraordinary skill set you have, but you also are a certified bookkeeper. Uh, you you you've worked with clients over the years in driving their numbers accurately, so you can work with their team. I mean, you're a profit advisor now fully, but you can work with a team of experts mm-hmm. around them to ensure that they're getting the the, the details uh, right. I guess with the numbers to support. Sustain profitability and even position them for sales. Exactly. For sale of their business. Okay. That's pretty amazing. Um, anything else? Any other kind of surprises or ideas that you do that you help pro- uh, <coughs> home stagers with to drive profits? Uh, yes. I'm a little unusual in that I don't just worry about their numbers, I worry about their business in whole. Okay. I.e., the business therapist. Yep. Um, I showed one client how to use her employees to make her more money. Yeah. Do they be, like, it was a prostitution ring? Like, what's the secret? No, uh, <laughs> oh the secret God. truly is. Oh, no, that's a good money. Do what have them do what they're good at, and have you do what you're good at. <laughs> For God's sake, Lynn, where have you been? <laughs> this is ex- uh, is the solution, right? It, Put yes. the right people in the right seats. Exactly, and figure out who needs to be the next hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're go- both gonna if you're starting out as an individual, you're gonna have jobs you don't like. You hire somebody, 
usually like us, which isn't the right thing, you really need someone to fill out the jobs you don't like that will excel and yeah. be better than you. And then the two of you are splitting jobs. Well, who's the third mm -hmm. person you bring on? Yeah. So there's an order to who you have to bring on in a business. And, and I think that's a – is it a big profit driver to have the right people doing the right things? Yes. Okay. For mm -hmm. morale and for dollars. Right. So great for retention. Also, it seems like the, a lot of these owners, uh, home staging or otherwise, are very much in this mindset, like, I can do everything. I need to do everything. Yes. And is that compromising profit? It is. Yeah. Um, because most importantly, you probably don't have to do it anyway, which is the other thing oh I do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I bring in systems and processes that they didn't have. Um, this actually a local woman from Livingston right yeah. here in New Jersey has me working with her IT designer and we're developing a new program to assist mm. in simplifying and streamlining that's all of cool. the paperwork that goes on in a home staging business. Oh yeah. my God, that's amazing. So that you don't have to, you know, nobody wants to push paper around. No, but no, right. And, and it, the funny thing is as, as a business owner, regardless of what business it is, if you make say $50,000 a year, you know, that's say roughly $5,000 a month, it's a little bit less, but it's about $5,000 a month, and you break it down to the hours, you're talking about $25 an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you know, $25 an hour, would you pay someone to push papers around $25 an hour? Mm -hmm. If not, you are paying someone yourself to do that. It's time you make a shift, right? Well, and actually, usually it comes down to about 2 3 $4 an hour so you can push papers around. So would you go do that for somebody Oh, my else? God, yeah, right? I mean, if I can get someone to do it for three or four or something else to do mm -hmm. for three, yeah, of course I would do it. So, yes. Lynn, this has been so insightful. We got to rock and roll. Before I let you go, for any of our home stagers listening in or people that know home stagers, tell their home stagers that they got to call you or contact you. How do they get hold of you? They get hold of me by either my website, which is spirebusiness.com, S-P-I-R-E, business.com, or lbrown at spirebusiness.com. Business.com for my email. Good. So we'll have both those links uh, on our website. Uh, do you own Profitologist.com or is that owned or do you know? It's being trademarked. <laughs> being trademarked? <laughs> yes. I can't even get it. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. That was amazing, Lynn. Thanks for joining us and uh, just stay right here because you're in Thank you, studio. Lynn. Thank you very much. All right. See you later, Kel. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay. That's my little punch. <laughs> One more. I punched you from afar. All right, Kel. Uh, what do you think about that? I loved that. I what just feel like she exemplifies the best parts of being a business consultant and really honing in on a niche so that you can serve them wholly, you know? And what do you think about doing this remote, like from your house? It's it's odd. It's, it's very odd. odd. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't like, like it. It's harder I, for me to be present in the moment when I'm not looking at you. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I prefer you here staring at me. It's yeah. <laughs> it's way preferred. No, she's sitting here, she's fixing her hair. So last episode, Lynn, I'm sitting here and I'm asking her questions. She's checking out split ends in her hair. She's texting someone. Um, and she calls that present. She's a millennial. She can do multiple she's a millennial. things at the same Texting time. anybody ever. Freaking millennials. Freaking millennials. <laughs> um, okay, so here's what we're going to do, Kels. Yeah. We are going to uh, recap what we learned, okay? We are going to um, share a little listener mail. I'll answer the question that came in. And um, and we'll thank our corporate partners. But we'll do it in that re kind of a reverse order, okay? okay? So I'm going to talk about the corporate partners first because I know you didn't <laughs> expect that. Bazinga. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's our corporate partners. Um, I only got two of them now. At the beginning of the show, we had three. We lost one in the middle. It's Nextiva and Receipt Bank. We started uh, talking about poop. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's I. It's so funny. I wrote a book called The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, so people think I like 
poop humor. That's the one sense. That's the type of humor I don't like. I like off color humor. I just don't like fecal humor. No bathroom humor. No mm-hmm. scat necessary. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you don't. So I got my brother a little uh, golf bathroom thing for Christmas last year. Okay, so that's funny. Okay. Now I'm back. Now I like fecal humor. <laughs> Next team, a voice over IP phone system. You heard Lynn. She uses them. Uh, we use them. The question is, why aren't you using them? Check them out. They are a world-class corporate phone system for a business as small as one and as big as 1,000. Um, so go to nextiva.com. The other uh, sponsor of ours is Receipt Bank. Do you, have you ever used Receipt Bank? I have. How do, what's your impression of Receipt Bank, Lynn? Um, easy. Easy. Easy! One word! <laughs> exactly! Scans receipts, they sync up to QuickBooks, Zero, all these different platforms. No longer does the bookkeeper have to go through the, the shoebox of receipts and you kind of reconcile and match things up. It's automated. It is automated. And I'll tell you, if you're if you're a bookkeeper, this is a weight off your shoulders. If you hire a bookkeeper to do that, that's a weight of money that you're not spending because it's idle time, you know? Not idle time. It's necessary time, but it's, it's so inefficient. Well, you take a piece of paper and it's at the bookkeeper's desk the same moment. Boom. Boom. You heard from Lynn Brown first. All right. So, um, Kels... What did yeah. you learn? Oh, I pushed a button. So what did you learn today? <laughs> <laughs> what um, did you learn today, I really today, loved Kelsey? when Lynn said that it was not about the numbers, but really about the whole business. Because I feel like as a consultant, that's what she does, really. She addresses the whole business, but she's super aware of what the numbers mean and what insight they give to the whole picture but they don't paint the whole picture themselves. And I think that's really critical and a differentiator from, you know, just your standard accountant or bookkeeper. Agreed. I took a few things. I learned about uh, charger value. I like how you said that so definitively too. It's like, just charge your value. Charge your value. Otherwise, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's called prostitution if you don't. Um, <laughs> secondly, I like that she said cutting expenses is the fastest thing to do. Mm-hmm. You can cut them overnight, right? You can cut them. Overnight. So if you want to be profitable overnight, you do it through cutting expenses. If you want to be profitable permanently, you do it through value income. Exactly. And then the last thing was, uh, I guess you reverse engineer as a profitologist, <laughs> how you reverse engineer profitability that you start at the bottom line, then figure out the expenses that you need to support that bottom line. And then lastly, determine the income. And now, you know, your starting point for that income. Yes. I like that. Thank you. All right. And we want to know from you, our dear listener friends, what did you learn today? You can post that in our comments or on our... today jojo get uh, one guess lynn who do you think kelsey's favorite singer is if she was a singer oh i don't know stevie nicks oh cool she wants to be stevie nicks and she yes. kind of sounds a little bit like well not like stevie nicks but she sounds like we'll go introduce I can't her think what you today. She sound like anybody i think it sounds just like her it does sound like her Mm-hmm. I want Thank you singing you. on the edge of 17 next time you're here. <laughs> All right. Oh, did you hear the gong? I heard it. That's a new PFP no. just joined us. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, these mics are good. You can't pick it up, but Lynn could hear it. Um, okay, Kels. Uh, okay, listener guys. mail. Let's do it. All right. This one comes from Brian Jardine. So Brian is trying to pumpkin plan his business, um, okay. and he has a small grocery store and delivery grocery routes or routes, however you say it. 
Um, and he wants to give a survey to his customers to really figure out um, how to serve them better and, and figure out which customers to serve. Um, so he says, when writing the questions, he's asking on a survey, um, what should he ask? What should he ask to get the insight that he's looking for? Okay, so Brian, I don't know if you're going to like this, but I think surveys are kind of not so effective. I mean, I don't know how you are, Brian, Lynn, I don't know if you're this way. Say you get like, the ones, 10 questions, 50 question surveys, the ones where you have to keep them going next, next, next. The first like three, four answers I answer truthfully. By the fifth one, I'm like, oh my God, this is longer than I expected. And I start just clicking whatever and I'm trying to get it done. Have you ever done that, Lynn? I yes. have. You have. <laughs> Guess what? You're a human being. Have yes. you done that, Kels? So surveys mm-hmm. suck. Surveys suck. The longer they are, we just try to blow through them. The accuracy is actually so bad that it can it can persuade us to do something that's totally wrong for our business. So there's been this kind of pursuit of these simple surveys. I don't know if you've seen restrooms now. Like you click on the smiley face, like you push like smiley or frowny or neutral face. Have I guess seen, that's a New Jersey thing. You've never seen uh, that? Up in the woods, we don't have that. Oh, Kels, have you seen those in airports and stuff? No. Well, whatever. I don't know what you're talking you about. Too much, Mike. <laughs> when you go through an airport nowadays, it's like, how is the service of our toilet? And like, you just push one of the smiley faces. Kels would, make, Kels, Kels would push a frowny face. Like, there was a door on the toilet. I don't like that. <laughs> or a poop on the floor. Yeah, a poop on the floor. I prefer poop on the floor. I got better to offer you. Oh, my God. Um, so there, there's this, this idea of super short surveys. The thing is, you don't get enough information. So ask too much, you get the wrong information. Ask too little, you don't get enough. I believe you have to, Brian, talk in person with your best customers and take them out to lunch, meet with them face-to-face, and ask them. I don't care what business you're in. Everyone has top customers. Maybe it's five or ten meetings or whatever, but meet them face-to-face and just have a conversation. Let the conversation flow. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so whatever. And then you can read the pumpkin plan for more strategies there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. That's my answer. Kels, we got to rock and roll. Do we have anything else to talk about? No, but please leave us a comment on ProfitFirstPodcast.com yep. or leave ratings and comments anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, one more thing. Get into this music. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> 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 Pretty good, right? I need a video. <laughs> All right. And one more thing. Here's one more thing. Yeah, Lynn wants a video. She wants one of those, like, Sia videos where you're dancing around. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. a we- there's a website you need to check out. It's called ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. That's where we have our Profit First Professionals. Lynn Brown is one. Go there, click on Find One, and we'll hook you up with a Profit First Professional in your industry. Now, if you need a home stage or Profit First Professional, it's Lynn Brown. Spire Business. Yeah. But if you need someone in another industry, just go to Profit First Professionals. We'll make the introduction. Oh, and one more thing. You know, Lynn was alluding to things about putting people in the right seats on the bus, you know, the right employees doing the right thing. There's a book dedicated to that now. It's called Clockwork. Yes, it is. It's in stores right now. So go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever your favorite bookstore is. Pick up your copy of Clockwork by Mike (laughs) Michelle. It's spectacular. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, let's drive your business forward. All right. You got business to do. Go. Make yourself profitable. We're out of here. See you. Bye.